Hello world, huh? The green jacket is going north of the border. Mike Weir has won the Masters. Oh, my goodness. Have you seen anything like that? The wait is over for Canadian fans, and the dream is now a reality for Brooke Henderson. And Corey Connors' day indeed has arrived. He's a winner on the PGA Tour. A clutch up and down for Mackenzie Hughes. Oh, my goodness. Time for... The Golf Show with Hugh Burrow and Brent Gunning. Many doubted we'd ever see it. But here it is. The return to glory on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Well, glory might be too strong a term, but it is a glorious day for golf, a glorious weekend for golf. Happy Father's Day weekend, everybody, and welcome to the golf show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. My name is Hugh Burrell. Joined, as always, by the so lovely, so talented, the one and only, often imitated, never duplicated, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for none other than the Brent Gunning. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, please. Yeah. Oh, 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 thank you, Brent Prendale, uh, on the wheels of steel there. Um, please imitate something else, especially Hugh. You've played golf with me. Don't don't ever, don't dare imitate that. Don't Come on. dare imitate that. Happy, uh, as, happy as Scott Father's Metcalf. Oh. As our as our old buddy Scott yeah. Metcalf loves to put it, I sure can slice my way around the golf course. You I bet. wish I got around there some other way, hey, uh, but yes, that, hey, that's, no, so nobody don't imitate that. Nobody says you have to play from your own fairway. You just have to play <laughs> from a fairway. Brent, you are a a new dad. Happy Father's Day to you. Are you are you getting out this weekend? I am not. I am oh. not. Although I have to be honest, I've been thinking about uh, you know a uh, coworker of ours told me they're sneaking out for a solo Father's Day round early nice. in the morning, and I was like, mm, <laughs> "Don't hate that. Don't idea. hate that." There is a golf course about four minutes from my house, so I might yeah. have to uh, just hey, just wander by. Hey, maybe say, I know that's you know I know that's uh, like a big tis tisk in this yeah. time and age, but maybe just wander by. Say, come on. I'm a father. Let me oh, out let there. Me Just say you're going out for smokes. You'll be back in mm. about four and a half hours. Yeah, that's you all. Know. I mean, you got to scour the city. You got to get the right brand. <laughs> you know. Uh, welcome to the golf show, everybody. We're asking you where you are golfing on this uh, wonderful Father's Day weekend. Uh, shoot us a text at five ninety five ninety. Let us know where you are teeing them up today. You can hear us on the Sportsnet Radio Network, uh, Sportsnet six fifty in Vancouver, Sportsnet nine sixty in Calgary, and of course. Here in Toronto, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. We have a good show coming up for you. Uh, in the second half of the show, we're going to bring on our esteemed producer, award-winning producer, Sam McKee. Uh, he's, we were talking before the show. He's got some some hot-slash-bad takes about Torrey Pines, the site of this year's U.S. Open. And and you're going to have to hear these to believe them, folks, seriously. Uh, but we'll lead off with, with Adam Stanley in a couple of minutes from now. But, uh, Brent, I want to get your impressions of the first couple of rounds of the U.S. Open where some guy named Richard Bland leads. 
So I'd like him a lot better. Uh, so, like, look, if you're if you're a golf nerd, you probably are. If you're listening to this show, you know the story. He had the great win on the Euro Tour. It was his first in, like, 500 starts. He's crying, telling his family about it. It's a beautiful moment. That's all great. Like, look, I'm very happy for Dick Bland. That, that's great. I feel I don't need him at the top of here. the leaderboard. Yeah. I don't need him at the top of the leaderboard at the U.S. Open. It's a great story. I'm happy for him. And I hope this is the best he feels all weekend. And I just hope that somebody can mount a charge and give us – because – directly behind Bland and Henley, that's not a bad leaderboard. You no, got Kepka lurking. You got DeChambeau lurking. You got Rom there. You got Mac Hughes in the picture. I know that, you know, maybe uh, people who are listening to other golf podcasts don't get excited about that part. But, you know, <laughs> I love some Mac Hughes in the picture. Yeah. So, I mean, look, uh, you know, you, you mentioned our producer. He's going to come on with his Tory takes. I don't necessarily disagree with them. I think you need some really strong play to kind of make this tournament exciting. And, you know, the guys you've seen it from are Bland and Russell Henley. And, you yeah. know, that that's nice. It's good for them. Not but sure how it, much it's not exactly needle, though, exciting yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. And you, you talk about the leaderboard. So let's run down the aforementioned leaderboard of the U.S. Open out at Torrey Pines. Uh, Richard Bland, minus five. He's tied with Russell Henley, also at minus five for the top spot. Uh, right in behind there at minus four, a couple of guys, Louis Oosthuizen and Matt Wolf, who's returning to the game after taking a couple of months off to kind of get his head straight. Uh, whatever he did in those couple of months, it, it seems to be working because he's hitting them well. Uh, John Rahm and Bubba Watson. Bubba Watson's up there on, on the leaderboard. Haven't seen that in a little bit. Uh, John Rahm, Bubba Watson, they are minus three. Bryson and Brooks, uh, the, the gift that keeps on giving, uh, they are both at even par. Not playing together today, though, unfortunately. That would have been pretty awesome. And, of course, Mac Hughes minus two. Adam Hadwin is even. That's your Canadian contingent that made the cut. Taylor Pendrith uh, plus five. Corey Connors plus six are not playing this weekend. Yeah, the Pendrith thing, I have to be honest, a little surprised. Obviously, anytime you have a guy who who just kind of graduated from the Corn Ferry, you know, maybe it's a, a bit much to expect him to make the cut at the weekend, but just with how well how big he can bomb it, I did expect him to be uh, you know, a little bit more of a factor, maybe make it to the weekend, but thrilled to see Hadwin refine his form and you know, he's got a little something to play for. There's an outside chance he could force his way onto a potential Olympic team for Canada. So it'll be a fun little battle uh, between uh, Hughes and Hadwin this weekend. And then yeah, you mentioned all the guys uh, just sitting above them so uh again if there's a little toe stubbing for for bland or henley could be a very very exciting weekend or doesn't have to be bad things could be good things happening to the guys behind them of yeah. course yeah you mentioned toe stubbing and um mm, as an aside yeah as, as an aside i had maybe the worst toe stubbing of my life last <laughs> night uh <laughs> just as i was sitting down to watch the uh, the habs golden knights game uh Brent, let's just put it this way. My neighbors in the condo, <laughs> they heard about it, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, I can imagine. I, I feel like I. it's funny you say that. I felt like I heard a yelp around yeah. just around that time, and I'm all the way out in Burlington. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. there. It's just the worst, right? Like such a such a nothing injury. Yeah. Like sometimes you get the like nail that just yeah. rips loose. Like yeah. something like that yeah, drives you totally insane. your fault. How painful it is. Yeah, so my, my uh, one of my toes on my right foot are all the, all the colors of the rainbow this morning. So I'm playing hurt, but that's okay. You know why? Because you guys are worth it. And again, uh, we are asking you where you are playing on this Father's Day. Uh, text us at 590-590. We want to know. Our first guest on the golf show, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, this guy might be on the air more than any of us uh, here. He is... 
He's a he's a golf podcaster. He's he's a blogger. He's he's a writer. He writes for newspapers. He, he's wine a, he's expert. A television host. He's a wine expert. He he's probably a damn good golfer. He hasn't invited me. Out I yet. actually on that I can confirm. Yeah, damn of course good he golfer. is. Of course he is. Yeah, because that's all the guy does. He plays golf and he talks about golf. And we are very very happy to have him once again on the golf show, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Adam Stanley. Adam, how are you this morning? I, I'm I'm doing way better after that very kind introduction. Wow. That was uh, that was sure something. I'm Jeez, a nice guy. I, and I I was I, yeah I was wondering if we were going to start with the uh, with you with your like toe problems <laughs> that you were posting about yesterday. And sure enough, just get uh, the button gets pressed, and the first thing I hear is you talk about your toe yeah, problems. Absolutely, so. I'm such a whiner, man. I am such <laughs> such a whiner. Um, Adam, let, let let's get into this. Uh, Tory Pines U.S. Open, beautiful course. Maybe not the, the most exciting first couple of rounds of a U.S. Open, um, but we have Richard Bland at the top of the leaderboard. So I think you know what's coming here. My question to you, Adam Stanley, who the hell is Richard Bland? <laughs> I thought you were going to say the first couple rounds have been pretty bland. Oh, that's too US easy. Open, that's low-hanging Okay, that's too, that's too easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who is this guy? So R- Richard Bland is is probably the the feel good story of golf all all year long. I mean, you know, the we're so used to the storylines being captivating and young guns here, there, everywhere, next generation. You know, Richard Bland could be all these guys' father. I mean, the dude is forty eight years old. Uh, he won for the first time in four hundred and seventy eight starts on the European Tour earlier in May. Uh, it was the longest streak of anyone on that tour. A first-time winner, 48 years old, uh, big-time emotional video call with his parents uh, after that win at the British Masters in May. Uh, you know, And then he backed up that win with a tie for third in his very next event on the European tour. So something's gotten into him, uh, and, and it's really, really nice to see. You know, God knows what's gotten into him this week at Torrey Pines, however. The guy is using a three-wooden driver from 2017, the TaylorMade M2 driver <laughs> and three-wood came out four years ago, and that's what he's rocking this week, plus a hat, a hat with a duck on it from his home club in England because he has no hat sponsor. So uh, this is truly a guy who is an everyman, feels like us, is out there just banging around, having himself a time in California, and, uh, it, you know, a Hollywood movie can't quite uh, write a script like this. But uh, who the heck is Richard Bland? Well, so far, uh, he's the story of the week at he, Torrey Pines. He sure is. Uh, we're with Adam Stanley here on The Golf Show. And, and you mentioned his equipment using that four-year-old driver. What's wrong with that? I use like a seven- or eight-year-old driver. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I had I had talked to you earlier this week on the morning show here in Toronto about driving and will will – Will you be able to overpower this course? Um, Richard Bland is 57th in driving distance this week, but he's tied for fourth in driving accuracy. So that obviously is a huge part of why he is where he is. Uh, What's your impression going into the weekend? Do you think he'll be able to hang on or is all of a sudden he going to, is is he going to wake up and go, my God, I'm leading the U S open. I think we might get a little bit of that today, but at the same time, I mean, the guy's maybe gone over the hump of really caring if he's been leading the U.S. Open or not. Like, I think if he was 
38 instead of 48, you might still count him as a bit of a journeyman. Maybe he's gone 300 events without winning, and all of a sudden it's like, OMG, I'm leading the U.S. Open. But now that he's 48, he's almost in that like, well, this is fun. I'm having a good time sort of sort of mode. So he may he may still be in the mix. But at the same time, you look at the guys who are who are following him. I think you you're absolutely right uh, with respect to you know he's hitting it far enough. Fine, 56 and driving distance, whatever. Off you go. But the fairway finders. I mean, I think that that has been super emphasized this week um, insofar as you look at the rest of the leaderboard, there really is, you know, two bombers in the top 10, Bubba Watson and Matt, Matt Wolf. And Bubba's not even as long as he was uh, back in the day. So uh, I think accuracy has certainly been on a premium or at a premium up to this point. Uh, I think the, the chasers are going to need to have, you know, a big day today for sure. If they, if they want to start, jockeying for position heading into uh, Sunday at Torrey Pines because you know the USGA is not going to make this golf course set up any easier going into the final round of the U.S. Open. No, it's it's only going to get tougher. And I don't know that it's going to be a, I don't know that it's going to be a, oh man, I'm leading the U.S. Open. I think it's going to be, oh man, I haven't missed a putt all week. Like I, I, I yeah. know the numbers in front of me, but I was looking at the numbers for Bland's putting and it's just been obscene and it's like look we all know guys get hot with a flat stick we've we've seen it for plenty of different players and sometimes it lasts two weeks sometimes the last two months and you know maybe bland can kind of hold it together for for the weekend that's the that's going to be what what kind of does it for me um you know you you mentioned wolf is kind of the the biggest bomber among the guys at the top there you know obviously he's taking the time away and you know that's good on him to to get his head right and get himself right and and be kind of a voice for that but it, it it's kind of you know nice for him to be reinserting himself into the picture you know, Morikawa had the win, and because Wolf hasn't been there, Hovland's kind of jumped up, and I think he's almost kind of the the forgotten man of that that trio that came up. You know, we always heard about Spieth and his buddies, and it's like it feels like those three are kind of the, the next version of this, and it's going to be so fun watching them just kind of pass the baton back and forth for the next, you know, decade or two but with Morikawa, Hovland, and Wolf. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, when I said off the hop that, you know, Richard Bland could be some of these guys' father, like Matt Wolf is example A. Like Matt Wolf is only 22 years old, you know? Like it's it's pretty it's pretty fascinating to see, but that's golf. Golf is great that way and and I think golf is super hard as well and that's what, you know, was drawing this emotion out of Matt Wolf earlier on in the week and it is surprising. I mean, golf is the mo you know, tennis as well. We're seeing it with uh um, with some of the tennis players as well. But on the golf side of things, I was kind of surprised, or I am kind of surprised, that mental health doesn't get talked about a lot more. I mean, from a team perspective, okay, fine. If one guy's down, then he's got uh, his line mates or the other guys on the basketball court or the other eight guys on the baseball field that can help pick him up or her up. But when you're looking at the uh, at golf, you don't have anyone to pick you up. If you hit a bad shot, it's your fault. And if you miss a cut, it's your fault. And you can kind of go on and on. And, and that's a lot of a burden for these guys to hold. And I think Matt Wolf at 22 coming out and saying, I hated golf at the Masters. I hated this. I hated my life as it related to all the money in the world doesn't bring me joy. For him to come out and actually say that and for him to come out and say, you know, it's okay to not be okay, which is a line that, you know, a lot of people use and, and it makes total sense as to why. I thought that was really powerful. So kudos to Matt Wolf for, for coming out, saying what he needed to say, being open about what he needed to be open about, uh, and then obviously playing super well 
uh, as well. I mean, the dude made eight birdies on Thursday, so clearly he's still tightening the screws a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I just can't say enough about Matt Wolf coming out and talking about the importance of mental health in professional golf because I don't think it gets talked about near as much, much as it should. We're with Adam Stanley on the golf show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Uh, Adam, just to go back to what we were talking about driving distance earlier, I looked it up. Do you know who's leading the field in driving distance so far through the first two rounds? Uh, if, if it's not Bryson, maybe it was Taylor Pendrith. Uh, no, it's a, a South African name. Yes. Wilco Neenaber. Oh. Wilco <laughs> Neenaber. Remember that name, kids. Uh, okay, get this. <laughs> Round two, his average drive. Average. 361 yards. He's averaging th- three, 350 through the first couple of rounds. Uh, I bet you he's not using a four-year-old driver. Um, <laughs> the, the wacky, waving, inflatable, arm-flailing two men. Uh, that guy has, like, the, the craziest wins. It's been funny to bear witness to his driving and then Bryson. Because Bryson, like, put on all that weight, um, both muscle and the other stuff. Uh, and just, you know, tried to hack golf, basically, with, you know, his scientific approach to yeah. things. This dude is just a natural athlete. He's tall. He's lengthy. He snaps through the ball like it's nothing. And he, I think he spoke to one of the uh, journalists at Golf Digest. Uh, I think it was Daniel Rappaport, maybe last week, maybe the week before. And, and the guy was like, yeah, I, you know, I'm not even, I'm not even trying really. Like I don't need to put on weight to hit it farther. Like I just need to, you know, snap my hips quicker. I hate and that guy already. Like, this, is, this is nuts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. coming from a guy who has no lower body movement at all when he swings at a golf ball. I hate Wilco knee neighbor. Um, uh, speaking of big hitters, uh, oh man, we were, the USGA did not pair them together for the first two rounds. And we're, we were oh so close to having them pair up for the third round. Bryson <laughs> DeChambeau and Brooks Kapka both even par. Again, I said this earlier to earlier in the week. They're the gift that keeps on giving. But I, I, I did ask you which one of these guys has a better chance throughout the weekend. Um, you said Brooks Kepka at the time. Do you still believe that? I do, because he gets to be paired with our good friend and Canadian, Adam Hadwin, today. And he's going to be like, oh, this guy's wonderful. What a great Canadian. I'm going to go shoot 66 today. So that's what I think is going to happen from Brooks Kepka. Um, and, and we'll just kind of see, see if that comes to fruition over the next 24 hours. But uh, you're right, Hugh. The, they are the two that just keep on giving. Uh, the fact that they both shot even par through 36 holes was like, oh, golf gods, please just give us what we want. Uh, but who knows? Maybe we'll get it on Sunday because the fact of the matter is uh, they started at the same position on Thursday and here we are on Saturday and they're still in the same position. So um, maybe we'll get it in the final round of the U.S. Open, which would be way better than if we got it uh, kind of contrived by the USGA early on in the week. It would be a lot more fun if it was final round action between those two. For, for sure it would. And I, I'm with you. I expect Kepka, and this isn't a knock on DeChambeau. I like his chances as well. He hits the ball a mile and he's rolling the rock. And if he's going to do both of those things, he has as good a chance. Kepka was just fighting it so much yesterday. And it feels like that's about as bad as he could possibly play in a major. I don't know that, that we're going to see that again. But, you know, I was sitting there last night going, oh, come on. Come on, USGA. Come on, Mike Davis. Let us have a little fun. Yeah. Pair them together. <laughs> but I, but then, but then, you know, the sober realizations of, of the morning washed over me. And I said, no, 
you know, Christmas wouldn't be fun if I just decided it was Christmas in the middle of November and gave myself a present. You got to wait. You got to earn it. It has to come naturally, organically. So I'm with you. I don't think they, (laughs) as much as I would have loved it, and it is an entertainment product, and I understand the argument, I don't think they should have been paired together today. Like, if it happened organically, of course they should have. But I don't think that the USGA or the tour should have tried to just make it happen on a Saturday to appease us. No, I, I think the uh, the ha- having it happen naturally is just going to be way better because it's a it's a storyline that literally everyone is going to be watching all day today. What's Brooks doing? What's Bryson doing? Are they going to get paired for Sunday? So I think that that absolutely is something to watch. But oh my gosh, that Colin Morikawa and Justin Thomas group as well, <laughs> flush city. Can't wait to see that on TV today. Oh, that's going to be as elegant uh, a pairing. And it's perfect because it's like they're very similar, but also kind of contrasting styles. Like JT just has this violent motion and it's not out of control by any means, but it's just, it's fast. It's thrashing. It's almost like a fish out of water, just cutting through everything. And it's more a cow is just so smooth and graceful. Oh, it's going to be great to watch. Uh, One guy we haven't talked about. um, He was the betting favorite coming in. He would have won the tournament last week uh, if he didn't have COVID or two weeks ago. feels like we're kind of uh, John Rahm kind of floating a little under the radar, just two shots back. I mean, it feels like if I was to bet on somebody to win the tournament right now, that'd probably be my guy. He's just put himself in such a good spot and of, and he's you know he has better golf to play ahead of him it's, it's funny because i think he is flying under the radar even though he was the betting favorite uh coming into the week like you said and he's you know he's very comfortable in california he's won at tory pines before uh and here he is just two shots back of the lead heading into the weekend so you know i i, I you can't you can't deny that you know john rom is certainly in the mix. John Rahm certainly has not had any sort of uh, mental hurdles to get over this week, being back in action and and having uh, to go through what he went through, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And I think it's just going to be one of those days again, like it's called moving day for a reason. Uh, And if, and if John Rahm shoots 68 today, if he, if he gets to six under par, I think, I think if anybody gets the six under par today, if they shoot even par tomorrow, they're probably going to win this tournament. So for guys who are closer to the lead, it's not going to be as tall a task as someone who's a little bit further back. I wrote this in my story last night. 23 of the last 25 U.S. Open winners have been inside the top 10 through 36 holes. So we've basically cut the field down to just those guys. And John Rahm, I would say, from the chasers pack, is absolutely uh, the leader in the in the clubhouse with respect to guys who can make a move and maybe win this tournament. Adam, one of those guys right in that mix is Canadian Mackenzie Hughes. Uh, had tied for the best round of the day yesterday at minus four. He's minus two for the tournament. Adam Hadwin also made the cut at even par. What did you see from the Canadians yesterday? I saw from Mackenzie Hughes a guy who had been 0.1% off the last couple of weeks. And now all of a sudden the brakes are going his way. I, I was texting with Mackenzie's caddy, Jace Walker, a fellow Canadian last night. And he just said, you know, finally the brakes were going well for my man is what, is what Jace said. And, and it was true. Mackenzie kind of alluded to it himself as well. He told me earlier in the week, you know, he, he's missed the last five cuts all in a row on the PGA tour. Three of those cuts came by one shot. So he didn't try to, reinvent the wheel coming into this week he knew that you know one shot is you know a missed fairway or a missed 10 footer like we don't need to go back to the lab and try to figure out absolutely everything that's wrong with me we just need to kind of stick to the process as cliche as it may be 
it was super true this week. So yesterday, Mackenzie Hughes comes out, makes three birdies in a row in his first three holes uh, with a chip in, makes a 40-foot bomb on, on number two for a birdie. So, you know, those are the kind of breaks that you need to get in order to contend at a major championship. And frankly, he just wasn't getting those breaks uh, the last month, month and a half. So I don't think Mackenzie Hughes has done anything all that spectacular up to this point, but you don't have to be spectacular at a U.S. Open. You just have to be steady. A two under par is an absolutely fabulous position to be in uh, through 36 holes uh, at the major at Torrey Pines. Adam Hadwin, of course, struggled a little bit uh, yesterday as compared to Thursday when he was in red figures. But, I mean, that guy's tied for 13th as well, and they're both gunning for their very first uh, top 10 at a major championship. So nice to see from the Canadian fellas through 36 holes thrilled to see it and you know it's funny you with most guys you make a 40 foot bomb for for birdie you consider that a, a stolen hole I don't know maybe even a stolen par for for some guys but at a certain point this just becomes a skill that Mackenzie Hughes has in the bag like not to say you know he steps up to every 50 footer expecting to make it no matter if it's a double break or what's going on but at a certain point like it just feels like you know some guys have the low stinger some guys have the high draw Mackenzie Hughes has the ability to just roll these long putts I don't know if it's the way he rolls it I don't know if it's the way he reads it but at a certain point it just you have to stop going wow what a great break for Mac and I'm not saying you're doing this but I mean you you hear it on the telecast all the time oh what a great break for Mac Hughes and it's like what a great break this is what he does it's not a great break when Steph Curry hits a 35 footer like it just feels like this is a part of his game it's it's so funny that you bring that up cuz I texted Taylor Pendrith last night and I was like how does you know you played an 18 hole practice round and a 9 hole practice round with with Mac Hughes early in the week like how's that guy's game look and Taylor texted me back and he said, oh, man, he was hitting it really nice and making some all caps bombs like he usually does. <laughs> so it's like, Gunner, it's like we, we're recognizing this. We see the highlight reel, but due to our inside the ropes and actually playing alongside Mackenzie Hughes and have for, you know, a decade and a half like Taylor Pendrith. I mean, it's the first thing he texted me back. It's like the guy's just making bombs like he usually does. So. I, I'm going to have to ask them one time, like, what, what's the deal with you rolling in putts from downtown Dundas? But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's another one of those things that uh, just keeps you engaged with watching Mackenzie Hughes because you never know what's going to happen from him. Um, but the fact of the matter is the guy's tied for seventh at a U.S. Open, just two shots back of the lead through 36 holes, and that is one million percent something to be excited about and something that we're definitely going to keep our eyes on through today. Yeah, I can't wait to see how the Canadians finish up at Torrey Pines. Adam, we are right up against it, but I would be remiss if I didn't ask you who's going to win this thing. <laughs> I think John Rahm's going to win this tournament. I think John Rahm is just, you know, the the redemption sort of sort of storyline. The fact that he's the betting favorite, the fact that he's never won a major before, you know, all these factors are kind of going into a Cinderella-type week with Richard Bland leading through 36 holes. I think John Rahm's going to come out, and I think he's going to do it. There you go, folks. Adam Stanley says John Rahm's going to win the U.S. Open. Bet everything you have on John Rahm on Adam Stanley's uh, suggestion. <laughs> Thanks a lot, pal. Really appreciate it. Uh, you have the uh, standing invitation on this station anytime you want, man. Very appreciative, guys. Have a great uh, rest of your show, and nice weekend. Thanks. Thank you. Adam and, St- and sometimes a standing threat. We need you. Come on the station. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes that. Like, yeah. it's both, right? Yeah, if, if you're not doing anything.
pop on the golf show. Uh, that was Adam Stanley. Um, uh, quick, quickly, Hugh, you you mentioned yes. uh, the the bets there. Uh, yes. You know, not to uh, pat myself on the okay, back here, here and I'm go. not going to because I haven't won anything. It's probably not going to pay out. But here you mentioned we old Wico, Wilco, Wico, whatever his name is, the South yeah, African yeah. bomber, Nina, neighbor. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I threw a little money on him to for, to sneak in the top twenty there. Oh. So uh, you know, I I uh, you know sometimes I just like to uh, brag. I watch yeah. a lot of golf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not a big deal. Watch that's, a lot of Euro Tour. That's, hey, that's you know me. what? If Wilco can putt at all. With that driving distance, he's always going to have a shot. Absolutely. There you uh, go. We are asking you where you are teeing it up this Father's Day weekend. Uh, text us at 59590. After the break, uh, Brent will read some of your texts and find out where everybody's going so far this weekend. You are listening to The Golf Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. As an unlicensed doctor, we suggest a prescription for one of our shows. Sign up for our free podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher. Fake doctor's orders. Sportsnet 590 The Fan on demand. On your ways, front way, back way You know that I don't play Streets not safe, but I never run away Even when I'm away OT, OT, there's never much love when we go OT I pray to make it back in one piece I pray, I pray That's why I need a one dance Welcome back to the Golf Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network My name is Hugh Burrell, joined by Brent Gunning And, uh we're bringing in the big guns, Gunner. This Thought fi- that was me, this, but that's this okay. final se- well, you are a big gun, but this this guy might be the biggest gun. Uh, not I'm just I'm not just saying that because he's the producer of the show and and he gave us a script that we have to follow, or, or to call him the biggest of all guns. Ladies and gentlemen, producer Sam McKee, welcome. Hey, what's up? I'm the Dick Bland of uh, producers. <laughs> Took you, took you 48 years to make it, and here you are. Yeah. No, you only look 48, buddy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I know. Hey, watch your language. Um, so we had Adam Stanley on in, in the first uh, half hour of the show, and Adam, mm. of course, was, was fantastic, just covering everything from A to Z. A lot of, yeah. a lot of really well-thought-out insights and opinions and analysis. Uh, and now we have you. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, 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 boom. Uh, Sam, uh, we, we teed this up. You got me. I was, I was waiting really on good. every word. We, uh, we teed uh, this up be- before we went on the air, and it you have got some interesting takes, not only about Tory Pines, maybe about the U.S. Open in well, general. So let's let's jump in. What is your issue with Tory Pines? It's the most beautiful golf course, one of the most beautiful golf courses people have ever seen. Yeah, it's sausage links with a view, boys. Like, it's just back <laughs> oh. and forth, back and forth. It's like, what's the signature hole? Is it the, that par three down the them. hill? It's yeah, so beautiful. The, All of them are yeah, the signature Yeah, but guess what? Hole. They just stole that from Pebble Beach. It's the exact same hole at Pebble Beach. Like, it really, to me, I love it as uh, the farmer's insurance to have the views, to have it early in the season where you get to look at it, and it's like, wow, it's winter here. It looks so nice there, like, looking at it now, but... Having it be the U.S. Open stuff, I get the history with, like, one of the more famous major wins with Tiger. Like, we all love it for that. But this course, it's just, it's too easy for me. Like, Richard Bland should not be leading a U.S. Open. Like, this guy's just hitting it straight down the middle, dropping darts. Like, it's just, 
it's there's not enough like the rough doesn't even seem thick enough in some spots. Like I have never I, I'm disappointed anybody, in Tory Pines. I've I'm disappointed never, in Tory Pines. Ever heard anybody say that a US open golf course is too easy. It is. Why is he at minus five? Russell Henley minus five? Like I want the leader to be John Rahm at even par. Like this that's what the US Open should be. It should be grinding to break like last year at Wingfoot. Bryson put on a show. He finished, like, what was he, minus six or minus five? But everyone else was not even under par. Like, that's what it should be. You shouldn't have all these people under par. Like, I don't know. I just think that they there's just too much room out there. It's a beautiful course, obviously. It's a most, one of the most beautiful spots in the world. But it just seems to me that it's just way too easy for a U.S. Open. That's the way I feel. So I, before I say it's too easy, I agree. It's played a little easier than I would have liked, but I also give them the weekend to figure that out. And it's like you want to make it maybe a little more playable, a little more gettable to get you to the weekend. But yeah, I absolutely want to see some carnage. The thing I go back to, because I, I tend to lean more where you're at on this on this McKee of, okay, Tory's special. But if Tiger didn't win there 8,000 times and he didn't beat Rocco on one leg, we wouldn't feel the way about it. The way I always feel whenever, and I know it's only the second time they've gone to Tory for the U.S. Open, but now that we're back here, it's like I just looked it up. Just take a little little eight-hour jaunt up the coast, and you're at Pebble. Like that's the part that I can't wrap my head around. It's so similar in feel. It's Pebble without the magic, kind of. And so, why would you want that? And, and you mentioned Wingfoot. The thing I thought was so great about that last year is you have these really unique greens with not tiers but almost like little pockets of area like there's not one or two tiers it felt like there were seven or eight on on some of these greens and it just made it so tough and I don't know that you've seen that with Tori again I'm always going to give them the weekend to make it tough to get it there I guess they haven't had the wind haven't had the weather I'm with you I'd like to see uh, a little more carnage you know you you talked about your boy Bryson let's talk about him he's Mm. he's got off to a you know I'll you know me if there's a if there's a place to kind of uh you know rub some sand in his eye or do it I will but I got to give him credit he was rolling the rock yesterday the only thing I won't give him credit on is the um I'm not going to say ridiculous because we never saw it uh but he got relief after he like bonked it past whatever that was the the one signature hole on the course and then all of a sudden he's he's back on the green with a par putt because Bryson uh, always has his way with the rules officials you know I had to get my dig in there but uh talk about your boy a little bit uh impressive second round for him yeah I you know I'm taking a lot of heat for this. Like, I really, you know, I get a lot of texts that I've kind of painted myself as the Bryson guy, and it's like I didn't necessarily well, you, expect you it are. to happen, but I am now. And I don't know, like, I, I thought he played well. I thought, you know, he doesn't necessarily seem to be happy about anything ever when he's out there. Like, every shot he hits, it's like, oh, gosh, like, what is that? Like, he just seems to be talking to the ball a lot, but, like, I think he's, you know, as in this as anyone is. Like, I really don't think that, Russell Henley and old Dick Bland there are going to be keeping this lead. Like, they kept talking about it on the broadcast yesterday about how the the Friday round at the U.S. Open is one of the more important ones, right? Like, that if you have a good round on the Friday, it really sets you up well. I think, I forget what Zinger said, but there was something about the last, the people that have led on Friday have ended up winning a lot of the time. So, I, I think this will be an exception. I think Bryson's right in that conversation. Like, there's a ton of great golfers between, you know, minus three and even par. I mean, that... If it was a harder course, it may be a little closer, but, you know, I I love the way Bryson's striping it. God, he's just so sweet when he hits the ball, like, the sound he makes. He's on the range in the pitch black, grinding away, grinding to the, you know, just hitting balls as hard as he possibly. Did you hear what he, he said possibly... after that? Did you hear no, what I he said No, I did let me have it. That. That so he this just is loves like, hitting here's balls. The, here, 
Well, here's the thing. So it's like the guy wants to stay on the range till three in the morning, bashing balls. Like, I'm not going to sit here and roll my eyes at that. That's fine. You're dedicated to your craft. Said he was using TrackMan because he couldn't see it. Okay, fine. Like, we all want to build a little mythology. I'm not going to put it past him for that. But then he's doing a little walk and talk with uh, some reporter or writer yesterday. And he's like, so what would you get out of the range session? He's like, well, nothing actually came to me in the range session came to me in the middle of the night like in a dream and it's like it just always has to be to the next level it can't just be yeah i grinded on the range and found something great good congrats it's like no it had to come to him in a dream he can't just work out at his house he has to put together a nine minute hype video of him grilling bacon and watching fox news while he does it he can't just have the feud with brooksy he has to jump in the background to make sure he's seen in the interview like it just there's he always has to go above and beyond. And it's like, if that's the guy he is, okay, fine. It's just, I can't stand it. Oh, yeah, well, great. Everyone always complains. God, these guys are so boring. They never say enough. And then the second they say something interesting or do something, oh, what a weirdo, what a loser. Oh, yeah, it's the exact same thing. Like, I love, he's a little weird, yeah. But, like, guess what? He's different than all the other, you know, bags of milk out there. He actually goes out there and looks different, does things differently, wears a stupid hat. I love the guy. I just love the way he does Very it. It's different. Hat. Anyways, I just go ahead. I was going to just reset uh, (laughs) if I can. Wow. Uh, You're listening to the golf show on the Sportsnet Radio Network where we've just heard some uh, bewildering uh, takes from producer Sam McKee. Sam, we we are talking about Bryson and Brooks. Uh, They they didn't get paired up in the first couple of rounds. Uh, They have the same score, Mm. but they're not playing together today, hopefully tomorrow. Uh, that would be lovely. This ongoing feud, whatever you want to call it, we've asked a lot of people on this show their opinions on it, and is it good for golf? So I'm going to ask you that same question. Do you like it? Is it good for the game the way it's going right now? I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's one of the things that like, kind of you know, has... Like like Gunning says, we're golf hardos. You know, like I don't watch the European Tour like him, but you know, there's going to be every weekend I'm going to have golf on my TV at some point. And so I, I think it's not, you don't really have to sell us on golf, but I think it's huge for, you know, casuals. Like, I've gotten texts about it from people that aren't really into golf and, like, what's going on here? Is this a real thing? Like, is this a make? What's what's happening here? Is this wrestling? And I, you know, I think it's pretty clear who the cooler guy is here. Like, let's not get let's not get it twisted. Brooks, Brooks is definitely the guy that's, like, the normal I wanted to hear being. you say it. Yeah. He's like the normal human being. Like, there's no doubt that Brooks is just like the guy that kind of is a normal you, guy. You want to have a, a Michelob Ultra with after? I would after the kill round, to have yes. a Michelob Ultra with 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 Bryson too. Like, oh, I would yeah. just love to pick his brain for sure. See, like, I, he's just a he's a weird dude, and I would just love to chat with him about life. Like, yeah. I you know get some Trump takes, which I'm sure he has a lot of. Um, you know, I just I just I I I love brooks too like i know i'm a bad bryson guy for saying it but like i think the juxtaposition we like that word there boys of who these of who these guys are is what makes it so great like brooks is the guy that you know is the athlete dude with like you know who doesn't care he just goes out there plays fast he's a football player who happens to play golf and and bryson is the guy that cares about nothing else right like he literally cares about nothing else other than going to the range mashing balls going out and playing golf like it's all he cares about getting bigger so like i think the you couldn't have more like two more opposite guys that work out perfectly to have this feud it's amazing i love it and like the twitter stuff's corny but great 
You need that. Like, sure. especially, that's especially what the, that's, in a sport like golf where you never really see this. Nobody ever says anything. So I, I'm with you. And like you said, we're, we're the hardcore golf fans. Yeah. We're going to watch no matter what. But for those fringe viewers, maybe just like Tiger used to move the needle in terms of, like, I don't really like golf, but I'm going to tune in to see what Tiger's <clears> doing. So maybe you're going to get that segment of the audience just to tune in to see what's new with these two. I don't have an issue with it as long as it doesn't become contrived like wrestling, as long as it stays kind of organic. Even if it does. Yeah. Like, I feel like it kind of does or has already. Like, I don't mind. Like, yeah, yeah people are like, oh, it's corny. Yeah, so is golf. Like, yeah. I, I, I feel like golf is a pretty corny sport in terms of the dudes that play it. And it's like, yeah, oh, we need some feuds because we got Dick Bland leading the U.S. Open wearing a Grey Goose knockoff hat. Like, you kind of need this sometimes, you know? Like... <laughs> It's it's not necessarily always going to be the superstars that are at the top. So you kind of need some other things to draw people in. And I think Brooks and Bryson, even if it is corny, it brings people in. Well, and that's exactly what you said. And it's like, yeah, sometimes the corny, like sometimes the villain is like a true villain. And it's like Patrick Reed and he's getting into it with fans and he's cheating. Yeah. And it's like that. And sometimes the villain is just like a bit of a nerd. And I remember yeah. when somebody asked, it's like, oh, do you think your fans are going to start yelling Bryson at Brooksy? And I heard it. And, and I heard some of the guys yelling it at Brooks. Oh, hey, Bryson, nice shot. And I'm like, God, what nerds those guys must be. But that's great because I'm sitting there having a thought about something other than, man, there's a lot of commercials while I'm watching this golf broadcast like it needs to be more i would watch a tour i would watch a tour of just rory's striping it against each other and having their various meltdowns and being so classy i would watch that but most people wouldn't and the other thing you mentioned you mentioned tiger hugh yeah this game needs that but there it's not happening okay like it might again it might but the closest thing we're going to get to that is a Phil Tiger. And and I'm not saying that these two will even be the guy. Who knows? Like, John Rahm, he's going to have an amazing career. We talked about Morikawa and Hovland and Wolf. I don't think it'll be those guys. But who's to say who it will be? But you need a true kind of one-two rivalry because there's not going to be that one guy at the top of the sport. We thought it could have been Rory. Thought it could have been Spieth. It's not. It's just not going to be any of those guys. So you need a rivalry. And there is your rivalry right there right there real or contrived that is your rivalry one more break on the golf show on the sportsnet radio network when we come back uh, sammy will update us on some betting lines for the rest of the tournament you're listening to the golf show on the sportsnet radio network this ain't like when you're at a game and sign up for a credit card just to get the prize and then you immediately cancel the credit card because there's no prize when you sign up for our radio shows at itunes or with your favorite podcatcher Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Sportsnet 590, 590, the fan. I only love when I love you. This one uh, right from our technical producer, Derek Brandeo's uh, personal collection. Very nice. Very nice. Welcome back to the golf show. A few minutes here uh, to wrap up with Brent Gunning and Sam McKee. Sammy, uh, before the break, we teased some uh, betting lines. If, if you like to, to wager a, a few shekels on the weekend, who you got? So it's a, this is from a very popular sports book. And the betting favorite is still John Rahm at plus 350. And that makes sense because, you know, he's right there and he was a pre-tournament favorite. If you wanted to bet on the guy who's leading the tournament at this moment, <laughs> you could get you could get uh, Dick Bland at thirty-three to one, and he's leading the tournament. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you could also get Russell Henley at eleven to one. So they think Russell Henley has a better chance than uh, than old Dick Bland does. The it's ones that stick golf, out, who is, yeah. who's ever making those odds? That's yeah. why. The ones that stick out to me are uh, Justin Thomas at twenty five to one, mm-hmm. and also Bubba Watson at twenty two to one because they're both right in the mix. I love the way Bubba's playing. I don't know if you guys, I know, I know Gunner did because we were texting about it. I don't know if you saw his post round interview. But uh, he seems to be in a really great spot. Like he was, I've never seen him be that forthcoming and that like open. And Gunning texts me, he's like, "Is Bubba Watson likable?" Question mark. Like it was a weird sort of moment for him where I was kind of like, well, "I think we got to let guy's... that marinate for a little while." Yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's let's not jump to conclusions there. But he seemed to be in a really good headspace, and he was talking about how much it would mean to him. And obviously, like I don't know, the course kind of suits him. It's open. He can yeah. hit his kind of wild banana hooks and like do his crazy Bubba stuff. So I, I kind of like him there. But uh, yeah, betting favorite pre-tournament is still the betting favorite with John Rahm. And I think, I think when push comes to shove, we're all doing picks here. I think most, you know, gun to your head, you'd probably pick him, right? Yeah. I would, I would pick Rom if I had to bet one of those guys. And uh, again, I'll pat myself on the back because I jumped oh, this guy on this go. guy. Oh, here we go. Tournament. Call him Morikawa, but I'm not actually patting myself on the back because I got the same odds on him at the beginning of the week that he has right now because it's just, oh, he's consistent. Well, he's right there. Uh, I think he's 2,200. He's right there with, with Bubba, I believe, yeah. at the uh, the book I was looking at. So he's a guy, and I'm just stealing Bones' take. At the very end of the broadcast, Bones <laughs> is like, this guy's going to have a big weekend. Bones likes him. I like him. So I think Rom to win, but Morikawa would be my guy a little further down. Yeah, I'm going to get and, under the wire with uh, Matt Wolf. He, he talked about being in a good headspace. Go. Th- this guy is... Went away for a couple of months. He's back. He's playing fantastic. He was golf, striping so. yeah. yesterday, yeah. like yeah. just hitting pure shots all over the place, yeah. hitting pots. Like he is definitely a danger man in this. Yeah. He had an eagle. He had an eagle look on the last hole too. Like he's right there. All right, lads. Uh, a pleasure as always. You have been listening to the golf show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Many thanks to our technical producer and uh, music editor, Derek Brandale. Once again, thanks to producer Sam McKee for jumping in. Always a great job. And to you, Brent Gunning, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Until next time, hit him straight. <laughs>